Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Bottom line up front, what is this episode going to be about? I'm breaking this episode or this concept into two episodes. It's, is data mesh right for your organization? Um, one is going to be published this week and one is going to be published next week. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to cover a lot of different ground. There are some really sharp edges here. So it's important to, one, take everything I say with a grain of salt. And two, use these as only, and I really do mean only, jumping off points for discussion or thought. This is early framing, and this is something that I think we need to discuss as a community to figure out when is data mesh right for your org. I'm starting to see some zealotry in the community around everybody should do data mesh. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to push back against that 100 times out of 100. Um, so we need to figure out what are the signals to know if data mesh is right for you? What do you want to start implementing early? What can you start implementing early, but not having to do all of the facets of data mesh because it is a big investment to go down? So the segment titles, the four segments for this specific episode are data quality challenges don't necessarily mean it's time for a data mesh. Data mesh light building a solid foundation, and how about now, how about right now? And in parentheses, patience, you must have my young Padawan. These are, again, opinions, and they're very specifically my opinions only. So in the first segment about data quality challenges don't necessarily mean it's time for a data mesh, I cover that I don't think that just having these data quality challenges mean you should immediately start trying to implement a data mesh at any scale of, of your organization. But I'm especially seeing this sentiment for smaller companies where centralization is not the issue. Please go back and watch some of the early presentations by Jumek. Um, my favorite one is the F XConf one. I highly recommend that. But 
the early presentations, the InfoQ presentation from 2019, centralization is not necessarily the enemy until it is the enemy. It can be a useful tool. So you'd want to focus on, you know, data ownership, data as a product, data culture, things like that. Dovetails nicely into data mesh light. Oh boy, do I hate this one. But it's something that we need to talk about and it's an emerging concept. I think this is very dangerous. If you are a large organization and you think that you can kind of get away with only doing data mesh light for the medium term or longer term, you should honestly set up time with me to discuss and you should start talking to people in the communities. It, it might be right, but I have yet to run into a single company where I think it would be. I think you really, again, want to listen to a lot of Jamax presentations, especially the more recent ones, because doing only the first two pillars at a large scale is going to leave you worse off than you probably are right now. Especially you think about not thinking about your uh, federated governance and that you've got no interoperability. So woohoo, you've got very high quality data silos. Um, <laughs> that's not a great situation to be in. Ask people who were dealing with uh, data marts in the 80s. Startups, this, this data mesh light is probably the concept for you, but it's not fully baked yet. We need to discuss it more openly, but it again is about focusing on data ownership and that your whole company culture understands that data is important and that it's the application isn't the first order concern of the company. The applications and the data are both first order concerns. And how do you get those two to play along nicely so you can continue to evolve your application schema? As Dan Demer said in his uh, Data Mesh Radio interview, plasticity is how we learn. If you're not able to change, you're not able to adapt to what you are learning from the market, what the market is telling you. So how do you balance those two things? Again, that, that also is part of why I'm doing a lot of the data contracts uh, in interviews and investigations. The third segment of building on a solid foundation is where I argue that there are six capabilities or cultural setups that I think you need to have at least most of them. One, just going through the list, management buy-in for what Data Mesh is trying to achieve. Your C staff doesn't have to care that it's called Data Mesh, but what are you trying to achieve with it? And that, that you're going to be doing transformation, you know, uh, cultural transformation and, and architectural transformation that you're already doing some form of domain-driven design and that your company is, is familiar with that, trying to start from scratch with doing domain-driven design for data or both domain-driven design and domain-driven design for data at the same time is going to be very difficult. A DevOps culture and capability. If you don't have that, it's going to be pretty tough. Some form of cloud migration if you're not already kind of cloud-native. Um, you know, I, I hate the, the concept cloud native or the, the phrase cloud native because a lot of times it's used for Kubernetes and things like that. But if you're not familiar with kind of 
pay per usage. And if you're not able to stitch together a bunch of services that are provided doing data mesh, unless you're at a very large scale, it's going to be very difficult and very costly if you're not already in the cloud. Some kind of doing agile, uh, especially look at stuff around team topologies so you can quickly maneuver your team's organizational structure. Um, And the last one would be the data engineering headcount and capabilities and maturity. Um, And then the the fourth segment that I uh, talk about is what I call how about now, how about right now, which is don't be in such a rush to go out and do data mesh if you're not ready for it. It's again, that same foundation. Set yourself up for success. If you try to move all of your domains at once, if you're trying to go too fast because this is the end state, if you look at it as an end state instead of as a journey, it's it's not going to go well. There's going to be a much spicier part two next week, which I'm going to talk about maybe data mesh isn't right for you right now. This one sparked a lot of debate where I talked about kind of my reasoning and my concept around this, but I'm sticking to my guns and that if you aren't doing ML and data science, there are probably easier ways to fix your data culture and your data quality issues than implementing a data mesh. I'm also going to do a rundown of of an article called 10 Reasons Why You Should Not Adopt Data Mesh. I think it's actually a pretty fair article. Um, And then another one of what are the indicators you should start looking at data mesh and what are the false indicators? I'll probably be foolish enough to add even more to the episode for next week before I publish. I really do need to sleep though, but uh, I hope you enjoy this episode and take it again with the grain of salt. Try to use this as further jumping off points for discussion and thinking. With that bottom line upfront summary done, let's go ahead and jump into today's Mesh Musings. Data quality challenges don't necessarily mean it's time to implement a data mesh. I'm starting with this one because it's, I think it's the most important and my view is a bit controversial and you'll hear it kind of interwoven into a lot of the other sections as well. This is something I am seeing a lot. Teams are talking about really struggling with their BI and reporting and people say, oh, you should just move to a data mesh. You should just implement a data mesh. Obviously far easier said than done. I think data quality, especially around BI and reporting is probably the most universal challenge across all of data management right now. But I think this is also one of the biggest challenges to actual data mesh adoption. People thinking that anytime you have a data quality issue, uh, that means that you should start moving towards data mesh. Having significant challenges around data quality only could just as likely be a sign of a need for something like just adopting the organizational changes around data mesh, which people are calling data mesh light, and I'll cover later. I do absolutely hate that term, but we'll, we'll get into it later. 
if you aren't having scaling and or agility problems because of centralization, data mesh is probably overkill. Yes, of course, companies facing major data quality issues would have far better data quality if they implemented a full data mesh. But it's probably not worth the investment if all you're trying to tackle is BI and reporting data quality challenges. There are easier ways to go about this. You want to look at changing your company culture to figure out how to treat data as a product, shift the responsibility for data to the domain teams. But do you really want to fully build out a platform and completely hire enough data engineering talent to do so? How can you tell if the challenges you're facing with data quality require a data mesh? It's a bit like that old judge's quote from the U.S. about trying to define pornography. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. So I think the best way to figure out if your challenges are in need of a data mesh is to go and talk to peers to help you review what's going on and what's really crucial here, not just within the data mesh community, because I think there are a lot of people who will say, yes, go data mesh. I'm not necessarily one of them, but I think you don't have to share it publicly, but I think you really want to talk to people and figure out data meshing is not an easy undertaking, right? It's not something to be taken lightly to just decide to change your company culture and your organizational structure. So if you don't need to do a lot of the investment because it's not going to have the return, right? Return on investment is the important measurement here. It's not just return. Oh, we've got better data quality. We've got a positive return. Well, was the investment worth it? And I think if you're just having BI and reporting challenges, it's probably not. If you're a 10,000 plus person company and that's the main challenge, yeah, maybe. But if you're a 150 person startup, I think you really want to rethink the idea of moving towards data mesh and instead look towards adopting some of the data mesh principles and figure out how they work best for your organization. Up next, more Mesh Musings. Data Mesh Lite. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I do not want to be doing this one. I hate this concept. I, I really do because I think it's extremely dangerous. I think this is something that if you are looking at, you need to really think about this and be careful, get lots of opinions, talk to lots of people. What people are essentially trying to ask me in what they think is a coy way, but isn't, <laughs> what can I get away with not doing, but still get the benefit of data mesh? And again, I really hate that question. Jamak put a hell of a lot of thought and research into the initial concept and has continued to do so for the last two and a half years since putting out her article in May of 2019. If you are a large enterprise with a large number of complicated domains, you really have to look at embracing all of data mesh, at least to some degree, or you're still going to end up with some pretty major pain points. 
you know, if you think about not doing the interoperability in the, the data platform, right, you're at best going to have high quality data silos, right? That does not mean you have to do everything and have everything in place up front. Wait until we get into the proof of concept deep dive episodes for a little bit more on this. But Jamak, for instance, said in her interview with Barry O'Reilly on his podcast, the link will be in the show notes. Think big, start small, and move fast. I think you really need to take that to heart. But that isn't what this segment is about. This is about the emerging, and again, I think, frankly, dangerous in a lot of ways, concept of data mesh light. How can companies that aren't at an advanced enterprise stage, one where they can justify the build out of a fully featured data platform and doing all the other aspects of data mesh, how can a company at a stage where they don't have a ton of data engineers, how can those companies get the benefits of data mesh? Again, I'll say you can't have all the benefits, right? If you don't take on all of data mesh, but I also don't think you really need to get all of those benefits to be, to get to a better place, to get to a good place. When you think about making a big cultural and architectural change like data mesh, you need to consider the ROI or return on investment. Yes, your return would be higher by building out a full data mesh, but your investment would be so large, it wouldn't be justified by the return. So if you are a smaller company, where would I start when looking at data mesh? Number one is data culture. Your company is not bought in that data matters, that you want to manage your data as a product and you want there to be full company alignment to unlocking the value of your data. Almost no aspect of data mesh is going to help you. Management isn't aligned. I don't know of a single good way of getting moving on data mesh other than finding a new organization and trying to implement it there. So what of your data culture would you need to address? Honestly, my pithy response would be look at the first two pillars of data mesh and adapt those for a centralized data management organization. So you put the responsibility of putting out good and useful data on the domain teams. You work with the domain teams to share their data as they won't have the expertise to do so. That is more on the centralized data data or data engineering team if you have a, a separate data engineering team. It's treating data like a product. It's domain data ownership, right? Relative to data mesh, I do not see the need to share as much data in the super high business context form if you're a smaller company than um, you would in a in a larger company, right? And that's what I've called or what Jamak has has termed producer aligned data products. And I use that that term quite a bit. I believe looking at Flexport's golden data concept, you know, see their meetup presentation link in the show notes, is more aligned where in this instance, not Flexports, they do have producer aligned data products. But what you could look to do is have specifically consumer aligned data products only, and then a data warehouse-like repository that comes off of that, that's kind of got the golden data. The platform aspects of this approach, especially if you look at what 
Flexport did are not nearly as difficult as with kind of a full data mesh implementation, as you do not need to build out a lot of uh, self-service aspects for consumers as well. You can use a more simple data catalog type setup, whether that is a formal tool or not, you know, remains to be seen, but you can share a lot more in an easier manner rather than investing in a very complicated setup for a data catalog. The domain teams would focus on speaking regularly with data consumers to share more about what they're seeing and creating the data tables, evolving those data tables to share their business context relative to what the consumers want to consume, right? You need to allow the domain teams to understand any impacts their schema changes uh, to their, their application will have to downstream data. The tooling for doing this well is still missing in my opinion, but a collaborative team approach to caring about your downstream data impacts is going to be a good place to start. I think the tooling is somewhat coming, hopefully, starting to see a little bit of merge there. Um, so again, you take the domain data ownership, but instead of those domains managing the data products, they partner with a centralized data engineering team to provide their data. You would still do things like access by default, strong documentation, good data, data testing, etc. But the domains don't have the resources knowledge to do the data product ownership really on their own. Again, centralization is bad when it becomes a bottleneck, but it's a useful tool <laughs> when it's not. The second data mesh pillar or principle is treating data as a product. This is, you know, the strong documentation, building that understanding that the application changes have an impact on data and, and measuring how those data or those changes might cause breaking changes to, to data and that that's a legit issue. And talking with consumers to, to figure out what's useful and what's not and how they should continue to evolve what they're sharing and why. So mostly this data mesh light, again, I hate that phrase, but this concept is about implementing the cultural togetherness of data mesh. You might also look to throw in much more around data literacy. And I'd also recommend you listen to Juanis Rosier's data mesh radio interview about the concept of a data application, about how you'd push data into operational systems. I think this dovetails nicely with any company looking to quote unquote, get away with only doing data mesh light, I fully expect your implementation to fail. Companies realizing it's the right solution for right now to tee themselves up for if when the time comes for a larger data mesh implementation, I think you are setting yourselves up for a good chance at success. If you are trying to use this approach as a large organization, again, where your challenges call for a full data mesh implementation, I think trying to go this approach is going to lead to a failed implementation. But a smaller company doesn't need to go the full data mesh route now. They wanna set themselves up so that when it is right, they can continue along a journey 
but that they're not saying, oh, we have to be on this journey for the next five years, because if you don't have the need, don't make the investment. Up next, more Mesh Musings. Building on a solid foundation. So what do you need to have in place to consider starting a true data mesh journey? In my opinion, there are four to six specific aspects that if you do not have, your journey is likely to be very difficult, very arduous. I would recommend getting at least some of these in order before making a large scale attempt at data mesh. These are again, only my opinions. Before we jump into the list, Matt Darwin had said in his Data Mesh Radio interview that he saw a few companies trying to bite off more or often way more than they could chew, essentially trying to take on too much change all at once. He even made the joke about you might as well just start a new company instead. This makes a lot of sense to me. If if you don't have a solid foundation to build upon and think of your organization like a literal building you are trying to scale on a building's foundation as that foundation is being reworked. Everything is likely to be at best not well supported and pretty structurally unsound. The most important of these aspects for me is buy-in, is management buy-in. If you do not have the management team bought in to doing a change like data mesh, I do not see it going well for you. I don't see a a real reason that they would need to actually care about that the company is doing specifically data mesh, but they will need the buy-in that there's a drive to become scalable and agile relative to using data and analytics. Data mesh is just an implementation specific to people that aren't necessarily on the data side. If you do not have that management team buy-in, trying to stealthily change the org structure and change toward uh, a data literature literate culture is going to be extremely difficult, especially at obviously very large organizations, but even kind of the ones that are in the more mid-range. You need to invest in a data mesh implementation to make it work. And if you don't have the funds and you don't have the buy-in to push for that, I just, I think it's not going to work. The second most important aspect for me is domain-driven design, which I'll just call DDD from here on. If you have not aligned your development teams using DDD, trying to move to DDD for data is going to be a whole, whole lot of work. Is it possible to try to assign data ownership at the same time as aligning the teams to DDD? Yeah, it probably is possible, but is it going to work? Probably not. I'd say if your team doesn't understand DDD before trying to do it for data, especially when DDD for data is such a new concept, it's not going to go well 99 out of 100 times if if you're not familiar with what you're trying to do. How long do you have to have done DDD before you can attempt data mesh? No freaking idea. We need to have discussions around that. (laughs) The third most important aspect for me is DevOps culture and capability. 
if you do not know how to do DevOps, applying the DevOps principles to data is going to be a really big lift, right? Data ops is only one part of kind of this concept of, around applying DevOps types of, of structure and um, approaches to, to data. Is it impossible? Probably not, but only probably. Well, most orgs that try to implement data mesh without understanding how to do regular deploys in a DevOps type of way, or they don't understand how to build tooling to support CI, CD, I, I think most of those orgs that fall into that category will have, you know, a, a extremely difficult time, if not, um, it will lead to a failure of, of how you're trying to implement your data mesh. The next three are kind of on the same level of importance in my head. I think they are important, but maybe, you know, not all of them as being entirely necessary. So the first would be cloud migration at the least. If you're looking to implement data mesh all on-prem, it's, it's going to be a nightmare having to roll your own, well, just about everything. It, it might be able to work in a private cloud, Probably still pretty difficult, but if you're not able to use a lot of these, you know, as a service offerings for anything relative to your data mesh build, you're, you're going to have a bad time. It's also important to understand that a lot of data mesh, especially keeping it cost effective, is about scale up and down provisioning to meet the needs when it's happening instead of having to meet peak scale and invest for peak scale. There's a lot of mindset changes and challenges that if you aren't at least migrating some to the cloud, I think you're going to have a lot of difficulty around data mesh anyway. Agile of some kind, if you don't have a good way to, to really do the way that you're approaching your work and you're still in, in waterfall, and even if you think about how can you figure out team changes, I think data mesh will be really, really challenging for you. I think team topologies seems to be the recommended strategy that I see for a lot of people re kind of leveraging agile plus a flexible team organizational strategy. And then just kind of a not well-defined one is data engineering teams. Like if you don't have this data engineering team to build out a platform for you for the self-serve, data mesh is just not right for you right now. If you don't have the engineering capability to do that, it's not right for you right now. I'll probably do a longer discussion of some kind on this specific topic because it's it's super nebulous in my mind about how to actually explain it. But I think if you're not at a mature uh, capability level with data engineering, moving towards data mesh, I mean, you could you could look at starting a journey and doing a little bit of a POC, but if you're trying to make a bigger move as a company, you have to have that maturity level around how you're going to enable your teams at the platform. Up next, more Mesh Musings. How about now? How about right now? There's a pretty good show on Amazon Prime called One Mississippi with uh, Tig Nataro. Uh, in the show, Tig 
talks about a phrase she and her friends used to use when deciding to throw caution to the wind and typically do something rather foolhardy, foolish, however you want to think about that. It's how about now? How about right now? Let's go for it. Let's just charge forward. Data mesh is bleeding edge. The tooling is not there And the knowledge about how to stitch the tooling together is also not there right now. A lot of this is going to have to be roll your own. So if you're not willing to be on the bleeding edge, you're going to get cut trying to go uh, for data mesh right now. And if you don't want to be one of the, the people on that bleeding edge, one of the innovators there, you know, help me cheer from the sidelines and get people to share their learnings so that we all can learn how to do this and that it's not five years before we're, we're really figuring out how to do data mesh right. It's part of why I created the community, part of why I'm doing this podcast. But it's, it's fine to not jump in right now, whether that's because you as an organization aren't ready or your organizational situation means you're not the right fit for data mesh. You know, Yoda says to Luke in, um, I believe it would be Empire Strikes Back, patience, you must have my young Padawan. If you're not at the scale, whether that is the problems that come with scale or the ability to like hire any new people to help you build out what is necessary, patience is key. There are some aspects where you need to have that maturity first. There's a lot that you can do to make yourself ready for data mesh. That's the data mesh light type of concept of going out there and preparing yourself for when you do hit those centralized bottleneck scalability challenges that you can move quickly. So how about now? How about right now? It's fine to say, not right now. It's not the right fit for me right now. Doesn't make your organization, your company any less. You know, help us to figure out what might work, what might not, share what your thoughts are, but we don't need absolutely everybody trying to charge forward. I, I think the there's a lot of overblown sentiment around if you're not data-driven in the next 12 months, your company is going out of business. It's complete and utter BS in my mind. You might be a little bit further behind 12 months from now, but it's okay to, to not start right now, to start a little slow, to be a little cautious. Again, this stuff is is hard. This is bleeding edge. We're trying to figure it out together. That's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast is explore what are the challenges and, and what we can do, but it doesn't have to be right now. That is okay. You are still valid in the data space. You are still you know, doing interesting, useful things for your company if even if data mesh isn't right for you right now. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, 
check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music. Thank you.